0: We have the ability to influence and shape the lives of people with the things we say, how we act, and the choices we make with it. OG Influencers, is the podcast that explores your favorite artist, favorite artist, favorite artist. I'm Haley. And I'm Cece. And
1: welcome to the podcast. This is episode seven. Oh, isn't I didn't it? know that. Is it? Yes. I think it is. I, I counted. Was say okay. <laughs> okay. First
0: off, I'd like to say on behalf of me and Cece, thank you for the support of the podcast.
1: Yes. Thank you. I feel like, I mean, Haley and I talked a little bit before we got here, but I've been getting, I've actually been getting recommendations now or requests. That's what I mean. Requests for people to
0: cover. Mine is a request, but it's not from the Facebook page. It's from a DM. So Eugene, you need to like the Facebook page. (laughs) If you're listening, (laughs) please like the Facebook page. Please write and review us on iTunes. We reached... Number 18 on the Apple Podcast art charts. Like, that is so sick. Oh my gosh. And it's all thanks to rates and reviews. So, if you're listening to this and you haven't, that's fine. But if you could just go on over to Apple Podcast and rate and review, that'd be so cool of you.
1: Yes. And everyone slide into Haley's DMs that- with those requests. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> Or post on the Facebook page. (laughs) Or do the Facebook page.
0: (laughs) Um, I want to do some manifesting. We were both just talking about how we were listening to the last episode. And I did because I want to get better at this. (laughs) Every time I listen to myself, I'm like, I'm such a fucking idiot. But, okay, I listened to the one about um, TV shows. And the whole time I was like... Winona Ryder, I love her. Like, I was just like, we stand, Maisie Williams. We love Sophie Turner. The whole time I saw like a crazed fan. And that, I'm just stop. I could say other things about people than I love her. I love him. And I tend to backtrack everything I fucking say. I'll be like, I love carrots. Well, sometimes they're not in season. <laughs>
1: like, oh my what is the problem? It's not carrot season.
0: I don't know if
1: there's a carrot. When is carrot season? Don't (laughs) summer.
0: Okay, Um, and I didn't, I didn't um, follow the right protocol on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, you mean with how you've picked your influencers? Yeah. So I'm manifesting. Do you have anything? I would like. Oh already i'm already failed i would love to say the word like less
0: yeah okay cool so i'm sorry for the past two episodes that i (laughs) fucking talked about the wrong things that being said
1: (laughs) they're not the wrong things. okay i just talked about a plane crash last time no but i literally talked to my mom about that this morning and she was like well, you know, she did say that they influenced a lot of people. And that's the whole point. And then they did Influence. They did. And they could have influenced more. Here's that's the question, was... though. If they didn't die, though, in such yeah. a dramatic Certainly. way, oh. would they fade away like some other, you know, well-known artists? You know, that's the thing. Like sometimes tragedy, I feel like, immortalizes people at, like, their peak, you know? And it's kind (laughs) of dark, but also it's, like, would things be
0: different? If Body Holly just died in his sleep or something? Yeah. I don't know. Or if it just wasn't so tragic, you know? Okay. Or, like, sudden. Like, that's kind of... Yeah. Like, fresh. Yeah. Not fun and fresh, but just, like, fresh. Well, you think about
1: also, too, just to cause a little drama, you think about how many people were successful, like, early on in their careers, and then later, their careers... We're kind oh, of marred yes. by some scandal. Mm-hmm. Like what happens when the career ends before they can even like you know, well, I wonder they say how many all people press is good press.
0: And a mm. good scandal Tell that to
1: Kevin Spacey though. Like Well. I'm talking about James Charles. Oh. <laughs> and Tati Wesley. Well, here I am like, well, I'm thinking about the Affleck brothers oh. and Aziz. i don't, Ansari. I don't tend to think about them. Oh, yeah.
0: But Aziz, I actually just watched his comedy special and he addressed it in his first joke and, like, honestly got how over he, it. How
1: could he do it any other way, though? Like, I don't know. you can't. You
0: uh, but know. I was like, did I just forgive this man? <laughs> <laughs> immediately. But I did give him a chance and I watched his thing. Well. Anyway. I messed up it, the last two. I'm just going to say I messed up because I wrote it down in my notes. <laughs> and then I wrote, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I'm only doing two today <laughs> because they're heavy hitters. So we get your favorite artist, favorite, favorite artist. artist. And then next week I'm doing their favorite artist, favorite artist. <gasps> so really it's four. Wow. But you're going to have to wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Two parts. Yeah. Two parts. Our first two parter, but yeah, they're just heavy hitters. These people are just the tip top of the tip top. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh man, tip top of the iceberg. That's what I was trying to think.
1: Are they better than the Madonna Lennon? No, that Elvis was a-
0: iconic.
1: That should have been more than two. That was very long winded, or that more I than really just one. I liked it though. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. I was just listening to that episode and I was like, we really did that. And then I was like, guess what? They all died of me. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> my first artist, I'm going to start. My first artist, I texted a friend and I asked him or her, <laughs> how do I introduce this person? And they said this. And I want you to guess who it was. OK. After I read.
1: Oh, who? It's someone I know. Yeah. You text it's them? a friend of ours.
0: The getaway goddess. Recently referred to as "mixed" by one of her delusional stands, the king of my heart and ultimately the most unproblematic celebrity of our generation, giving men a bad name since 2006, Miss Taylor Swift. Who? Come on! It wasn't Tyler.
1: Was it was it? Tyler. It was Tyler. Oh my! I feel
0: like I didn't say it dramatically enough. Is that? But that's Mr. Tyler Foster.
1: I just assumed it would be. Beyonce or Nicki Minaj, but I He's know a Taylor okay, stan too. A small, I, I do have an anecdote about Tyler in oh. high school. I remember we had like this resource period at the end mm-hmm. of our whole day, like and when yeah, when you were a senior, you could leave. Um, but I if you were bye. yeah, if you were <laughs> any underclassman or a junior, you couldn't leave. And I remember Tyler sitting in the library with Tyler, and Tyler standing up and saying, "I'm going." and I Me mean, being As like, juniors? "What?" and he was like, "Yeah, Taylor Swift's new album just dropped, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go to Target and buy it. They don't sell it at Walmart." So he just walked out of school to go and buy well, this if album. You go through the
0: correct door,
1: yes, you don't and know. he went out the back.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. I did that like a couple times sophomore year.
1: I just remember being like, "No freaking wait. Mm-hmm. Tyler was like, "This is what's important." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, if anyone's gonna do it, it's him. Yep. And it's for that album I adore I that think, Actually now that I think about it He's always at Target getting that one Because it's the deluxe edition with the poster
1: mm-hmm.
0: Anyway I'm going to talk about Taylor Allison Swift Allison? Allison. Allison? Allison Just like a normal girl name <laughs> Um, Actually she was named after James Taylor According to her But mm. She was born December 13th 1989 Which feels like a long time ago Eighty-nine. So she's 29 yeah.
1: Right. It's yeah, well, yeah, 20. she's about to turn 30. Right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, her
0: new album Lover comes out on Friday.
1: We all know where Tyler
0: will be. Target. Target. <laughs> and then back at his house taping up the poster. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I don't how do you feel about Tyler Stuff? Because
1: I have an inner personal conflict with it. So the years i mean so there's the whole like kimye drama mm-hmm. and there's so much and honestly i just gotta say i'm not a mega fan mm-hmm. there are songs of hers that i'm like this bops i don't like hate her but i'm also not like a what do they call themselves swifters or something swifty Swift. i don't
0: know what swiffer's
1: like the sweeper we love dust we love
0: dust and taylor but i feel the same i'm a huge mm-hmm. kim kardashian and kanye west fan but i really want to love taylor swift because as i was doing this research i was like i can't believe how many fucking hits that she has.
1: well and correct me if i'm wrong but she writes Everything. her stuff yeah and that yeah. can't be said of like like sorry Rihanna but like Rihanna doesn't write her music and she's a performer yeah yeah and like there's there's other like big pop stars that like don't just like don't write their music and they don't but she like you can see her evolve mm-hmm. from her country phase to her like more well we'll get into it
0: mm-hmm. we'll get into it but I agree she's undeniably an amazing performer writer and a fashion icon in her own right I'd say Yes, mm. kind of. I see. That's me backtrack. <laughs> oh, I wrote. Do you have a favorite song?
1: Okay, immediately. So when I started thinking about like more country Taylor Swift, yeah. I thought of Love Story. Ooh, Is that the name of the song? That one. Yeah. And how incredible that music video was for my middle school self. Mm-hmm. Just like. Oh my god! Okay. I Can't handle this. Do
0: you remember "Teardrops on My Guitar"? Yes, that's one of my faves. And Our she song says, too. Mm-hmm. And her newest one, "You Need to Calm Down," I like. Well, it's not the newest, but it's one of her newer ones. I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on. I like it because of the music video and the Queer Eye Fab Five. Oh, and you know what? I haven't seen the music video. Well, "Teardrops on My Guitar." I was we were in middle school. She says, "Drew looks at me." And then I said, I'm going to date a someone named Drew.
1: And then oh my I did. God, you did. Oh my gosh, I remember literally, that. I was like, I'm I gonna need to date do
0: it. Drew. I literally was reading a journal of mine and it literally was like, I love this new song. I would love to date someone named Drew. I'll take Andrew too. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh <laughs> The my longer gosh. version.
1: And then I did. I can't be- you manifested, you wrote it down yeah. and it came true. I didn't even
0: know, like we made a word for that
1: millennials we're doing it oh my gosh
0: okay so she's born in pennsylvania to a stockbroker for merrill lynch her dad is fucking mega rich yeah and her, her mom was like a home uh, maker but also was a marketing executive which okay is <laughs> vastly different than our next um celebrity mm-hmm. <laughs> influencer different origins yeah as you'll find out but mm-hmm. Um, she lived on a Christmas tree farm, which I thought was cute. Wait,
1: which so her dad. Yeah.
0: So her dad is a stockbroker mm-hmm. and he, he bought the Christmas tree farm from a client and then they live there.
1: Well, that just sounds charming. I know. As
0: charming can be. She has her blonde locks and she's running through the fucking with trees her guitar that.
1: sitting under the Christmas tree. <laughs>
0: she didn't learn how to play guitar until she was 12.
1: Mm. <laughs> I say, and I, I like raise time. my eyes as I like. am 22 and still don't know how to play the guitar. My dad
0: bought me two guitars and a full set of lessons, and I never did it. <laughs> and he told me, I'm not, you're not going to do this. And I was like, well, buy it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Taylor Swift's dad. <laughs> At 11, she went to Nashville with her mom, but they, she was rejected because, quote, everyone in that town wanted to do what I wanted to do, which is true.
1: Yeah, and there's probably people with just as much money. Mm-hmm. So that's not even a oomph factor, yeah. you know?
0: So she learned how to play guitar, and then to help Taylor break into t- country music, her father transferred to Merrill Lynch's Nashville office when she was 14, and the family relocated to a lakefront house in Tennessee. Um, she attended Hendersonville High School, but after two years, she transferred to the Aaron Academy. Um which through homeschooling could accommodate her touring schedule. And she graduated a year early.
1: Wait, so her touring schedule. So at that point, she's she, made it? or She was doing
0: everything she could. You'll find out that she makes it pretty soon, but she was taking every single opportunity that she could.
1: Like, what do you mean? Like singing at
0: weddings and stuff? She like- was singing on the street. Have you ever seen that picture of her, like, on the fucking street? Made up stage. Yeah, she was doing everything... I didn't write down any other examples, but it was kind of like appear in this Abercrombie and Fitch modeling campaign and all this stuff just to get her name out there. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in a CD for like Abercrombie's like upcoming artists or something like. Oh, weird. So she had a lot of support from her family, Mm -hmm. like with money and even like moving. Can you imagine
1: yeah, I was like,
0: Mom, I want to be an artist." And she was like, "You need to do your math homework immediately. <laughs> like what?
1: Let's move the whole family to Nashville. Like
0: people oh are nice. So I wrote she just got her name out there a lot And took every opportunity she could And she was in the booth A few times with like different producers And apparently she really Knew what she was doing She goes in there with her own music She wrote all of it the music and the lyrics And she had something to say And producers always noted How easy it was to work with her So she's a star baby Oh yeah um, Her music was fucking relatable like she wrote about being yes. at school. She wrote about having a crush on the guy on the football team. Mhm. I don't know. I no. love Fearless. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what's what album was the You Belong With Me song on? That was on Fearless. That was on Fearless, But yeah. her first
0: one was Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> oh, here. She signed with Big Machine Records in 2004, where her father purchased a 3% stake in the company for over $100,000.
1: Oh, my gosh. So she is literally <laughs> know. like that dad who's like, I'll donate yeah. the new football stadium, and their kid and with a 2.0 yeah. grade point average gets accepted to like... <laughs> stanford (laughs) not saying
0: that lots of people know that this support is unfair but honestly i think she'd be famous anyway like knowing that she was going in the booth and doing exactly what she needed to Mm -hmm. do how can you not make it and her music is so good i don't know maybe knowing now who she is i think that but so she released her first studio album in 2006 called taylor swift and some notable songs are teardrops on my guitar and our song Yep, I love, love that song. One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she did Fearless, which I listened to on the way here. I was like singing in my car, all bops. Love Story, White Horse, You Belong With Me, 15. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? I was like, this is what high school is going to be like. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was way easier than that. <laughs> oh my God. She was like, you're going to fall in love. <laughs> Weird. No. <laughs> in 2009. So she. Releases Fearless in like 2008, I think. 2009 at the MTV Video Awards, when she accepted her video award for You Belong With Me, is when she gets interrupted by Kanye West being a dick. How old was she? I don't know. 2009, like 20. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's 20. Yeah. Okay. Or 19. Yeah. And so he was just really, he said, what did he say? Uh, I'm gonna let let you finish, finish, but Beyonce is the best artist of all time.
1: Well, because the single ladies music video, which Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, (laughs) but like I've seen that video. Like
0: I really like "You Belong with Me," though. I can picture the whole thing in my mind right now. Yeah, with the windows and on the bleachers, and then at prom, and she also plays the other love interest. Remember? And yes, Taylor is wearing like a nice prom dress, and then the. That the girl that she's envious of is wearing like a red cutout one that,
1: you know? Well, I kind of like, so okay, sorry, gonna talk a little bit about this music video. I okay. like that she's also the girl that Same. she's saying like, Ooh. I wear, like tea, <laughs> she wears short skirts, I wear T-shirts, but like she's both. Mm-hmm. Like I like that because if she put like, like, oh, we're going to cast, you know, some, oh, yeah. like, you know, like, it's it's kind of nice Cyrus. that she's, yeah, <laughs> like, that she's, like, her own, like, villain, if mm. there is even a villain in that So song. it's psychological. <laughs> Layers. Layers. Like, which, ogres like and an onions. onions.
0: <laughs> so, um... She continued to release. I got At this point, I got so bored. It was just album after album and award after award. Well,
1: she's made it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She continues to release albums and she just racks up the awards. And then she released 1989, which was her transitional album from country to pop. And she fucking did it. Mm -hmm. She is highly regarded as one of the only successful stars to do this. Like, truly. Country to pop. Yeah. People also think that Dolly did it. But I feel like she's always been country. Yeah. Um, Spotify says, quote, it was a necessary molting to reveal that she was perhaps the sharpest, savviest pop singer, slash songwriter of her generation. Like damn. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, Spotify. That's the millennial she- generation, isn't it? Eighty <laughs> nine? <89? laughs>
0: she's yeah, she's a yeah. millennial. Um, she's under constant media scrutiny. And I just remember this literally just on my mind. Remember when everyone thought she was Traveling in a box because she didn't want to get papped. (laughs) Like she didn't want to get what? Like paparazzi pics. Oh, papped. Papped, Not popped. (laughs) (laughs) No, she didn't want to like get pics of her leaving her apartment. So she traveled in a big black touring box. (laughs) Unconfirmed, but unconfirmed. And then she definitely did it on her tour. Mm. So. Um, she's also a philanthropist and engages in some political campaigns, but she's very choosy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I tea. mean. <laughs> so she has 10 Grammys, 23 American Music Awards, 23 billboards, 12 country music awards, one Brit and one Emmy.
1: Wow. And she's Where listed does she keep them all.
0: <sighs> she has a room. I looked at her Architectural Digest video. It's a very, it's a horrible world, honestly. Um, Decor-wise. Um, she's listed on Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Songwriters of All Time, which I have to agree with. Like, her songs are, like, stunning. And she Who's writes all one? of them. one? I don't know. I didn't look at it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just curious. So as for her style, on the red carpet, she tends to be more fierce. So she's wearing, like, mirrored fabric, like, tight bodycon or colorful gowns. But her street style, she's, like, a cute icon.
1: I was going to say, isn't she wearing, like, a teal, like, bodycon thing when that one, who's that lady who's on E.T.? It was like, you're going to be weaving with not just awards, lots of men. Oh, yeah, and she was
0: like, I don't need any men. I'm just going to
1: go buy my cats. Like, that was, like, a weird. I'm going
0: to collect my awards and leave alone. Yeah. You know, like
1: weird. Just like a weird, like because, awkward interviewer thing to say.
0: OK, well, that's the thing. Like reporters always say stuff like that, but not everyone has the courage to say that back.
1: Mm-hmm. Most but, times they just
0: laugh like ha ha ha. Some people are there for men like not hating on that. But mm-hmm. if you aren't and you don't have to put up with it. Yeah. Like, just say sorry. No. <laughs> mm hmm. So, I was just watching a YouTube video called Ask Anna with Anna Wintour, the editor in chief of Vogue. Mm -hmm. And she says that she plays Taylor Swift music at her dinner parties. Oh my gosh. Apparently. But it was also a video about Taylor Swift. What album? (laughs) Red. Red. Which I honestly have never listened to that album all the way through. Um, But Taylor is noted for her Peter Pan collars, her high rise shorts. Pea coats, coordinating sets, and black mini dresses. Mm-hmm. And she once said, "quote I like to have things that remind me of my fashion icons, like Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn, Frances Hardy. My favorite look these days is a good riding pant, um, the ones with the knee pads, paired with a nice Oxford shirt.
1: Well, that sounds fancy. So
0: those are some of her influencers."
1: Her fashion icons, her fashion yeah.
0: icons, and my fave—I like all of those people, but I had to talk about Audrey Hepburn. Is that your next influencer? Mm-hmm. Ooh. we love, we stand. She's the classiest, most glamorous woman of all time, in my opinion. Mm. Honestly, this woman—I like look up to Audrey Hepburn so much, and it's not just her black eyebrows, honestly. She was born Audrey Kathleen Rustin um, in 1929, May 4th, 1929. She was an actress during Hollywood's golden age, but also considered a humanitarian and fashion icon. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, We all know her as a film star and a mega icon, but she led a very inspiring life before she was ever on camera and after. Which I didn't know about what she went through before she was a star. Um, So, we'll get into it. Her mother was a Dutch noblewoman, and when she found out that the German troops were going to occupy, she moved them to the Netherlands, to a city called Arnhem. Um, In 1940, the the German army occupied the Netherlands, Um, And her brothers were sent away. One went to a forced labor camp and the other went into hiding so he wouldn't have to go to a forced labor camp. Oh
1: my God. So
0: immediately, I mean, they've moved, which by the way, I had to look this up. The Netherlands, Holland and Dutch all the same. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) The Netherlands is synonymous with Holland. And if you are from there, you are Dutch. Yeah. I I knew that, but I didn't know that Holland, maybe I'm just.
1: See, the Netherlands you're like, and duh. Holland. No, I I didn't. I guess I assumed they were like next to each other. I didn't know Holland and the Netherlands. It's just like a same. new age word for it. Where does the word Dutch come from? Why are they not they Hollanders? Dutch. Or. Oh, shit. Netherlanders, you know, like I why like are they that. Dutch? I don't know.
0: Hmm. Good question. I have, <laughs> I'm not a linguist. <laughs> um. And OK, wait. I just said that she led her own small resistance by doing dancing performances to raise money um, for the resistance. And there were also rumors that she participated in the resistance by carrying notes in her shoes. But I couldn't confirm because I only saw it in one source Hmm. and it kind of looked like some middle school project <laughs> oh. um, in September of 1944 her home was reduced to rubble during a battle and that winter her family along with many others survived on tulip bulbs and grass pies so she I mean oh they were gosh. malnourished she developed and she developed anemia so she was really going through it um, how old is she during this this is in 1944 I mean she's about 11 11 to 15 um and and then of course on May fifth, nineteen forty-five, the Germans surrendered and the UN helped with food and other supplies, which the Hepburns used. So she's always been very thankful for their help, and that contributes to her work um with humanitarian efforts after she retires from acting. So after the war they moved to Amsterdam and she continued ballet lessons under a famous teacher. So she really wanted to be a famous ballet dancer. Um, classy. Yeah. So in 1948, she made her film debut and her career began. um, And that was in Roman Holiday. Wait, just kidding. That was in 1953. She went. She was in some other film. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) She moved to London that year and she kept pursuing ballet. Um, and she dropped the last name Rustin. So now she's Audrey Hepburn. She was told by her London ballet teacher that despite her talent, her height and weak constitution after the effect of the wartime malnutrition would make the status of her prima ballerina unattainable. And so she just decided to concentrate on acting.
1: Her height was an issue. Is she too
0: short or too tall? Well, because she wasn't like nourished enough during the developmental phase, she's always been very small. So she's weak. And this was right after the war. So she hasn't really gained all her strength back.
1: Oh my gosh! Opposite of the Brienne of Taft. I know. Situation. Well, you're that's too always tall. The thing you're that too we short. See. Yeah. It's like you're
0: not exactly what you need to be. Mm-hmm. That's like, um, what are the dancers that kick their legs up really high? Oh, the
1: Rockettes. Yeah. Radio City you have Rockettes. to be exactly
0: the same height. Mm-hmm. You have to be they used to be the right skin color and the right hair color, but now of course they're more inclusive, but I think you still have to be the same height as everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like five, six or like, six. there's like a one inch I'm five, margin. Six. I think I'm a rocket. I'm a rocket.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. I really can't kick that high.
1: <laughs> and you could be an incredible dancer, but
0: I'll be in the yeah. front like twerking, like Lizzo. <laughs> um, Oh my God. I didn't tell you I'm seeing Lizzo in October.
1: At the Sylvie. Yeah, I'm jealous. Are you be-
0: going to be there? How do you know where it was?
1: Because I looked up tickets. Oh. They're so expensive, though. I'm
0: going with my badass aunt and Ooh. her sister and my sister. It's like a yearly thing we do. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so she decides to concentrate on acting. Um, she was spotted when she was working in the theater, and she was a assi- and she signed with the Associated British Picture Corporation as an actress. Um, Her first starring role was Roman Holiday in 1953. And she won an Academy Award for Best Actress. Get it. In her first ever leading role. And a BAFTA
1: and a Golden Globe. Like, damn. Some people, it's like a slow crawl to their best work. Some people are Audrey Hepburn. Here you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, she and then she did like um, Broadway. And everyone was like, she transitions perfectly and then she got a Tony for that like she's doing everything
1: what a talented lady
0: yeah I said I don't want to talk about her film career because we know her for this Mm -hmm. Um, she had Rose in Sabrina the nun story and of course Breakfast at Tiffany's which was like the biggest production and highest grossing of all her films and that is just a stunning film Mm -hmm. we love so her style this is how I kind of attributed her to Taylor Swift because she directly quoted it, but she is often regarded as the most stylish woman of the twentieth century. And that is my own quote. <laughs> <laughs> Haley <By Hart>. me <laughs> She like honestly, can you think of anyone who is more stylish than her? Nothing comes to mind. There are stylish women in other ways like Madonna, you know? But like
1: But if you're talking classy I like mean, Audrey Hepburn The would- elegance the elegance like Audrey Hepburn would never wear like a cone bra you know <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> no well it was the 50s maybe she
0: was so she's known for her well she's friends with Shi, the designer jiwan um and so style was very accessible to her but when she she got to choose her clothing and now she wore the items um along with him styling her of course she said, quote, His are the only clothes in which I am myself. He is far more than a courtier. Oh, shit. What's that word? Courtier? Courtier. Is that it? I think so. Shit. cramp when <laughs> you cut this. <laughs> courtier. He is a creator of personality, end quote. So she's known for her pixie black eyebrows. Um, I'm sorry. Her pixie cut, her haircut, and her black eyebrows in the makeup world. Ariana Grande does the black eyebrows now, too. Um, She wears capris, turtlenecks, and ballet flats, and those are just some of the things she made popular. Um, She also popularized the boat neck, which Jeevan, she is credited for designing.
1: Oh, I see it. I'm Googling pictures. Yeah, I mean, can you
0: just believe how great she looks? She's known for her simple elegance. Um, There's also a quote that was taught, an L that was like, She played with menswear, but um, she made it have absolute femininity. But honestly, like, you don't have to. Just wear genderless clothing. If Mm -hmm. you want to wear a men's fucking shirt, then do it. It looks good on everyone.
1: It does. Uh I mean, I'm... (laughs) I am
0: all for, like, just wearing whatever you want. And also, just because it's more fun to wear men's clothes.
1: It's more comfortable. You know, I will say... At my serving job, I thought about wearing a skirt like one time, yeah. and then I was like, "Hell no! <laughs> like I have to move so much, I need to not be wearing." My boss is gonna need to take a picture of me at in the bar. <laughs> oh my!
0: Yeah, every every promo pic. Um. So I could go on about her fashion and her makeup, but I won't because we already stand her for that. Um, What I really want to talk about is her humanitarian efforts. Um, She retired from acting in 1988, and she began her work with UNICEF, which we love. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a goodwill ambassador for UNICEF, and she said that because they helped her and her family after the war, the UN, that she has always felt thankful and she always wanted to give back. So this is what she spent the last years of her life doing. Um, She would visit Ethiopia, Turkey, Venezuela, Ecuador, and more. Um, She always commented on the um, conditions for the families and especially the children. And she spoke about their communities to U.S. Congress and other establishments um, so that they would send food and help to these countries. Um, So she said... Quote, taking care of children has nothing to do with politics. I think perhaps with time, instead of there being a politicization of humanitarian aid, there will be a humanization of politics. I mean, timeless. Timeless. We need to take that advice today. Yes. The children. Um, Think of the children. (laughs) I think we know. You guys know what we're talking about, but... Um, Later, the United States President George H.W. Bush presented Hepburn with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. (laughs) Medal.
1: Mededal of (laughs) freediddle.
0: Later, the U.S. President George H.W. Bush presented Hepburn with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in recognition for her work with UNICEF. And then four months later, she died in her sleep of abdominal cancer in September of 1993. Wow. I know. Um, so she died.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, you know, Taylor Swift is alive.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it goes, you know, when you're it's alive so during World
0: War II, you she, know. I didn't write all this stuff down, but... Like in the end of her life, she was like too weak to travel on a commercial airplane. Airline, so She was like, "Take my personal jet and fly around." And he like flew her home, and she got to like die in her bed at home. Oh, so sad. So next week I will talk about another couple influencers. But do you want? I want
1: like a sneak name? peek. What can I say? Like their influence, they influenced Aubrey, Audrey. Yes. I just called her Aubrey, Aubrey. Audrey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um the next person I'm going to talk about
1: invented
0: the little black dress which Audrey popularized in Breakfast at Tiffany's well she brought it back to like the 20th century
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it was a 19th century invention of course the little black dress and then when Audrey wore it in breakfast at Tiffany's, people were like, so this is how we do it now. <laughs> so this is and, how it's done. And later that dress sold at auction for like the most of any like dress, like the <laughs> clothing piece, the first little black dress or the one that. The one Audrey wore in breakfast at Tiffany's oh. with like the long gloves and the pearls and like the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Cold. I know the photo. Yeah, we know it. We know the photo. <laughs> We've all been that on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, my sources were wikipedia vogue a website called love to know and l
1: nice so i expanded past wikipedia i love that i did not this time no that's not true that's not true i looked at a video game website
0: i've been listening to last podcast on the left a lot Mm -hmm. lately and marcus parks I fucking hope that's his name it's Ben Kissel Marcus Parks and Henry Zabrowski Marcus Parks is the guy who does all the research and it is astonishing how much fucking research he does I think Henry also does research but Ben doesn't do shit um, <laughs> sorry he has a like a different I guess that he does um, and I was just like, inspired to just venture out a couple extra websites
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> get a full of reading, picture like,
0: four books a week like he does yeah no that's a lot. Anyway, those are my two. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Yay. it's not three. But well, they're, he- they're heavy hitters. Can you agree? They are. Yeah, they are. Big time. Both icons in their own their own fields. And their own generation. Yeah. Millennial and... Golden Age. Yeah. Hollywood. I don't know what that generation is called. I don't think we have to. Oh, Haley, you're going to get mad at me because my first person... Isn't a person.
0: What are you fucking talking about?
1: It's a video game character. Okay, what video game? (laughs) I'd like to know. (laughs) I'd like to know. Okay. Have you ever heard of a video game called Metroid? (laughs) Fuck no. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't. I knew she wouldn't. And that's okay. I really want to do.
0: That's okay. Oh shit, I'm looking now and it's like alien creatures.
1: So, the person... I'm doing, air quotes, I'm doing, and I don't know how to say the last part of this name, is Samus Aaron? Aaron? Okay, so
0: like, he is to Metroid as Ash is to Pokemon. She. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry.
1: Samus is the protagonist of the game, okay. Metroid. And Metroid is like, you know, Science fiction action adventure game series created by Nintendo. So if you've ever played Super Smash Bros, yes. I'm pretty sure Samus is a character on there. I'm going to
0: find her. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Is she is My she wearing favorite, her power suit or mm-hmm, her zero suit?
1: Oh, it's blue. That's the zero suit.
0: My favorite Smash Bros character to play is the Wii Fit Trainer. I don't know about you, but um, she has some. <laughs> she is like very underrated. The Wii
1: Fit Trainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> sorry (laughs) everyone's got their favorite characters maybe
0: i'll play as samus next time
1: try it because she's badass so um i'll talk a little bit about samus's character origins and then i'll talk about okay so um in the game lore she was born and raised on the earth mining colony k2l when she was a child (laughs) the planet was raided by space pirates led by ridley I understand Ridley to be pretty much like an evil red space dragon (laughs) and in an attack that killed her parents and destroyed the entire colony. So now Samus is orphaned and was then found by this bird like alien race known as the Chozo. Wait, a race? She was in the race?
0: Like Anakin fucking Skywalker?
1: No, a bird like alien
0: race, like a race
1: of creatures, (laughs) (laughs) the Chozo um, brought her to their home planet and to save her life. And apparently there was some like prophecy that she would be the protector of the galaxy. So to I ensure that would prophecy. happen, they infused her with their DNA and what? grant, which granted her superhuman athleticism and a strong resistance to foreign environments. And in Feels addition, like but okay. <laughs> yeah. in addition, they trained her in combat by equipping her with one of their artifacts the power suit which what, what you were looking at the blue thing you mentioned that's her zero suit that she wears underneath the power suit okay um <laughs> try googling the power suit because it's like this big chunky thing you know it's, is it orange
0: i, I am I'd it's, it's like, like iron man yeah it's
1: closer to like what iron man would wear
0: and so well, that's the like
1: comparisons
0: she is her own person
1: <laughs> yes so once she's got her power suit um She enlists in the Galactic Federation, um, but then leaves over disagreements with her commanding officer. (laughs) And she kind of works as a freelance space bounty hunter and gets called upon by the Galactic Federation to be used to execute certain missions because she's got, you know, incredible athleticism. And yeah, so yeah, she's pretty much become the... (laughs) protector of the galaxy just like the chozo knew she would be wow and um pretty much what she fights against most are that evil space dragon named ridley and um (laughs) these organisms known as the metroids who like drain life energy and stuff
0: they look like a virus like a like a human virus
1: Mm -hmm. so now that we know what the character is, let's talk about how Samus came to be. So the style for the original Metroid <laughs> game so cool. was designed um, to be kind of like the Super Mario. It's by it's by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So it was designed to be like the side-scrolling game, like Super Mario, um, but Our also fave. with exploration and puzzles like The Legend of Zelda. So you do
0: that in Mario, side games. Mm. Mini games, I mean.
1: Probably, well, this is... We're talking 80s here. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like origins. Um, And it was heavily inspired from science fiction, particularly Ridley Scott's film Alien. Have you seen that movie? Mm -hmm. That is what it
0: reminded me of when I was looking at the photos.
1: Yeah. So um, the characters were conceived by Makoto Kano, while Hiroji Kiyotake designed them. So pretty much... um, The series co-creator, Yoshio Sakamoto, recalled, we were partway through the development process when one of the staff members said, hey, wouldn't that be kind of cool if it turned out that the person inside of this power suit was a woman? And everyone was like, no, maybe. (laughs) Yes, and they voted and it passed, which had never been done before. So there was a game that had a female protagonist like maybe like a year before this but this was the game like the first video game that was popular with a female protagonist like people love samus she yeah, is like I love her. she's like she's the og like
0: she is female the og video game. of the video game world yeah for for and she wears some like really cool high heels yes are you, the yellow they're ones? yellow yeah um they're kind of like virgil Abloh, like uh louis vuitton so
1: while so in the end so like at the end of the first game that's when like the gender reveal happens where you're like what that's been a woman this whole time Um, that's like a good movie trope too yes and it kind of and it kind of helps with like you know the the name samus you know like Mm -hmm. you thought it was a man too at first and um the game's instruction manual refers to her um, refers to Samus with like male pronouns, really? so that so they really so tricked really you. Really, there's no hint of it until you finish the first game. Today, I bet they'd use genderless. Oh yeah, right. oh yeah, they could, they could, and um, so during the course of all of the Metroid series, developers are trying to express Samus's. F- femininity without trying to sexually objectify her which i've seen like lots yes. of images well, <laughs> on yeah when you scroll through like and i don't know if it's fan art or if it's like the gamers if it's just maybe gotten more but initially this that is, was not the that's goal. an interesting
0: topic because i wrote a huge paper about this my mm-hmm. sophomore year about the male gaze in video games mm-hmm. and mortal fucking combat is the worst like the aliens have like six tits and then And they're all
1: wearing bikini tops and everyone else gets a full thing of armor. I know. (laughs) And
0: like go off, I guess. But you can... The point of the paper was just to point it out. And then I compared it to um, Modern Warfare where the women in the game are like wearing um, armor because they're in war.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they need...
0: So they they do a little better job, but they're still Mm -hmm. a little, you know. But this seems fine because it's a woman. You know, and it's about her, Mm -hmm. and it's feels like a little bit more for women, (laughs) to me at least. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's
0: it's probably a way that they got people to play the game too, because if they would have marketed it at first as a woman like um, game, then I think only girls would have bought it.
1: Well, and that's the whole thing is like everyone who was into video games was like, ah, a video. Like Mm -hmm. if anyone was into science fiction. Is like yes I'm interested and guess what it was still a good game even yeah. with this like gender reveal and by the then end. the
0: guys were like I really like this game I don't care yeah. if it's a girl
1: right right <laughs> gotta give them the old uh switcheroo yeah. and be like psych <laughs> you're in too deep gotta now you're a now. feminist what are you gonna do now yeah so then there's other like so I'll just read this paragraph because people like I've seen people cosplay her mm-hmm. before in her zero., suit, but now. I've never known like who that person was. I assumed it was from an anime or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so in 2009, Game Daily called Samus, the video game industry's first dominant female, a femme de force that did not rely on a man to save her, also ranking her number one on a list of the top Nintendo characters of all time. In, Damn. yeah, of all t- like over like Mario, you know, like not saying and but, Luigi, yeah, and Waluigi and Bowser and okay all of them in 2010 James Hawkins of Joystick Division cute name yeah um ranked her as number 1 top badass lady in video games adding that she made every other character on this list possible so wow. yeah like the fact that this character existed you know and granted it's not like oh good job samus like she's not real but like mm-hmm. these men who made the game and we're like wait a second this could be this could be like let's vote like changed video games forever yeah with metroid and so there you go people love her me too and as it was definitely noted um metroid was made after the release of ridley scott's movie alien Mm -hmm. which is also known as For being like the first science fiction movie to have a female protagonist, so I'm gonna talk about that actress who plays that protagonist, Sigourney Weaver. Yes, bitch,
0: I love And my dad,
1: my dad requested Sigourney Weaver. He did. He did. Thank you so much, Joe. We okay? We love Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) Weaver. Sigourney (laughs) Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. I love.
0: Fuck! I love her. She's also in avatar, which she's is another an iconic sci-fi movie. Yes,
1: she's the she's, warden in Holes. I was just thinking about. Th- I was just gonna the make one a tweet says, about it. Excuse me. All I think the time. about that
0: all the time. Where
1: all she did
0: was put poisonous venom on her nails, and then she slapped him, and all of a sudden he has an infection. Like, yeah. how do you slap someone and scratch their face? <laughs> well, I, just, I was but just she does it. Oh my god! My mind. Um, she's also in. Finding Dory,
1: where oh, yes. she's the voice of <laughs> mm-hmm. the. Oh, they talk about Sigourney yes. Weaver they so much name in it. that
0: movie. Like that's like it's Sigourney
1: Weaver Animal Rescue or whatever, mm-hmm. and she yeah, and she's an alien, and I feel like there's another one. Oh, um, Galaxy Quest. Have you seen that? It's a comedy no. with Tim Allen. It's very. I'm funny. gonna look at her movies. Oh, she's in Ghostbusters. That's
0: what we're yes, thinking of, and she's okay, in Ghostbusters. Okay.
1: So, yes, Sigourney Weaver, American actress, the sci-fi queen. My queen. Our queen. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> so uh, Weaver was born on October 8th, 1949. Libra, like me, bitch. Just like and Haley. We love her. She was born in Manhattan, New York City, and was the only daughter cool. of Elizabeth Inglis, an actress and NBC television executive wow. Sylvester Pat Weaver. Okay. So she's got she's born into the industry pretty and she's heavily. She's in New
0: York, like that's a and cool she's place. in Manhattan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Manhattan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so. Her mother was English from Colchester, Essex, and her father, who was American, had English, Scottish, and Dutch ancestry. Weaver began using the name Sigourney Weaver. So, oh, I didn't include her original name. Her real name is Susan. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to close my computer. That's okay. (laughs) Now I know everything. Yeah, her real name is Susan, which
0: one would say- I like Sigourney more. Where do
1: you get Sigourney from? (laughs) Um, Well, she changed to Sigourney Weaver in 1963 after a minor character, Miss Sigourney Howard, Jordan Baker's aunt- in chapter three what? of F. Yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel, The Great Gatsby. Okay, go off.
0: Yes. So, so she, that's where she chose the name. Yeah, she read the book and was stage like name. Sigourney. Like, is that her, her name? Is this during her acting career? This is
1: in 1963. So this is
0: 59, 14. So she just decided to change her name. It's not like for a stage name.
1: Well, maybe she had it in mind. Okay. You know? That's cool. She's because she has an actress for a mother and a television True. executive for a father. You know? I'm sure if there's any hint, they're like, pick a name, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because
0: most parents don't just let you change your name. Yeah. I, maybe
1: she was insistent. We'll see. So okay. Weaver attended the Ethel Walker School, a girls' preparatory school in Simsbury, Connecticut. She also attended the Chapin School and the Brearley School. All very private schools. Yeah. Girls Sounds, got money. Yeah. Um, Sigourney was reportedly five foot, 10 and a half inches tall by the age Lula. of 14. So when she picks her name, Sigourney, like she's way taller than me. Mm-hmm. And, and she only grew Wait, another she was,
0: when she was 14, when
1: she was 14. Oh my God. She was almost five foot 11. Um, but then that was like all the growing she did. So in okay. the rest of her life, she ended up being like half an inch shy of six foot. That's still like model status. She's tall tall as can be um so weaver attended sarah lawrence college in 1972 she graduated with a b.a. in english from stanford oh me too ivy league (laughs) where she first began her involvement in acting by living with stanford's co-ed beta chai community for the performing (laughs) arts chai i think it's (laughs) chai i don't know chai T. i'm sorry that i know that beta chai just because parties. Just because parties. I watched that House Bunny last night. That was all about sororities and stuff. I watched I don't know Sydney, how to say these Greek words.
0: What is it called? Sydney White. You did? Yes. I oh, love that love movie that where too. he's like, what does he say? Does anyone know another word for douchebaggery?
1: I don't want to use it a third time. Yes. <laughs> for his. Yeah. What is his? Oh, the people's punisher. Or yeah, the, the blog. Yeah. <laughs> so then she earned her MFA at Yale. What the fuck? in okay. their school of drama in 1974 and made appearances in the chorus of a Stephen Sondheim production and apparently was in the same production as Meryl Streep, but mm. she was just like a Roman soldier. So she is like a really educated actress. Yes, like Ivy League educated. So in theory and stuff. Sure, Not yes. Acting theory. And you can kind of see that. Like she does take like a little bit of like... um you know she'll do comedies like she'll do ghostbusters mm-hmm. and she'll do galaxy quests and stuff but a lot of like her roles later on in her career were very like she curates what she's in and mm-hmm. she'll she'll take a really interesting supporting role over like some kind of iffy lead role like any day like she picks her roles that is cool so um yeah, she appeared in some off-Broadway stuff and her first role, her first like big m- motion picture role is supposed to be, is said to be Woody Allen's comedy Annie Hall in okay. 1977 um, where she played just like a non-speaking role. Um, but then two years later, 79, <laughs> she is lieutenant or warrant officer officer. Lieutenant Ellen Ripley in Ridley Scott's blockbuster film Alien. Fuck. Love this movie. This I love Ellen Ripley. My
0: brother Travis, this is one of his favorites, if not his favorite movie.
1: It's so good. The whole it, franchise. It's so good. Oh my gosh. The sad thing. Okay, so the I, sad it's thing. scary. The other woman, the only other woman in the film is Veronica Cartwright, mm-hmm. and she is. Um, she plays the navigator that's who she is oh yeah is. yeah she was cast as the lead and oh. as she was going she she's british as she was flying to america to get ready to start filming that's when they told her actually you're going to be the navigator Oof. the lead role has been recast i wonder if sigourney felt bad that's like a what is that that is bad that is really bad like i would not be happy but that happened at the miss usa <laughs> oh yeah We said Miss Columbia, but it's, you know, someone else.
0: I wonder, do you think that Sigourney felt bad at all?
1: I'm sure she was so thrilled. But also, (laughs) you know, that's Hollywood. Like Yeah, that's true. At least she's still in the film. You know, they could have just said, like, bye, Veronica. I bet that would be hard, though, to watch someone else play your lead role. At
0: least she didn't have to tell her, because that's what happened in Devil Wears Prada. And Hathaway had to tell Emily Blunt. Remember? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) Okay, so then... (laughs) yeah wow, all right I'm looking so at
0: pics and sigourney looks iconic
1: she's incredible so she ends up so she she's an alien she's the first like female protagonist in like a major sci-fi film and it's a total hit everyone loves alien um she appeared in the movie's three sequels then as well mm-hmm. she was in aliens alien <laughs> 3 and alien resurrection um and critics have said, I think this is Tiber who said this, one of the real pleasures of the Alien franchise is to watch the emergence of both Ellen Ripley as a character and Sigourney Weaver as a star. So in the <laughs> Alien sequel, Aliens, directed by James Cameron, whom oh. also directs Avatar, Avatar later. So he's clearly a Sigourney Weaver fan. Yeah. Um, he said, I'm doing a project. <laughs> Do you want to be in it? She said, Yeah. You know, her I'm performance just is just, <laughs> yes, her performance is just, like, people get it. Like, also, she's she's kind of a bit of a screen queen, too, because yeah. as much as it's science fiction, like, Alien is horror. Like, mm-hmm. she's being hunted, really and, scary. you know, she's. they say she has a very sympathetic performance. And she appears in a lot of other things. She appears opposite of Mel Gibson in... The movie The Year of Living Dangerously. She appears in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. She I actually think I watched Ghostbusters for the first time at your house. Really? I have like a vague memory of that. Yeah. Well, your Halloween themed birthday parties. (gasps) That was fun. She appeared on October (laughs) second. She appeared as the character Diane Fossey in Gorillas in the Mist in nineteen eighty eight. And what I've else is Watch that her? too. I mean, when she's Gorillas in the Mist. That. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, you watch what you watch. <laughs> okay. What's on TV? I'm looking at her senior photo, and her quote is Please, God, please don't let me be normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: Sigourney. And her picture's like really beautiful. Yeah. We love Easton. So, okay, what else am I going through here? So then they talk a lot about like all the supporting roles that she likes. Hmm um apparently spoiler alert but she will be appearing in avatar 2 oh my god when will it come out? literally this quote it was confirmed she'll be in avatar 2 in 2011 yeah
0: we've been waiting for this movie for such a long
1: time james cameron what are you doing and he said she'll be showing up because he said no one ever dies in science fiction <laughs> which like okay
0: No, because if you die, you come back to life in science fiction. Mm -hmm. Or you've been uploaded
1: to the cloud
0: or something. Or to like a different creature. (laughs) To
1: an avatar. (laughs) (laughs) So Weaver has been married to stage director named jim simpson since 1984 and they have one daughter named charlotte cute and after making gorillas in the mist she became a supporter of the diane fossey gorilla fund yes and she's a chairwoman there she also um what did she say here oh she um speaks to like the un about like protecting ocean habitats oh maybe that's why she's in finding dory <gasps> oh yeah, Probably. she's got some good
0: philanthropy.
1: Ellen is in on the Diane Fossey thing too. She hosts oh in 2008 she hosted the annual gala of the trickle up trickle up program, mm. which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on those in extreme poverty, mainly women and disabled people. And okay, so here I so okay, so the <laughs> theme that Haley and I I tried to match her theme was classy women, okay, and that's why I picked Sigourney because like yeah. a class act, I think a woman, uh, Ivy educated, Ivy League educated, you know, classy actress. What does class mean really? I ask that
0: as a really not classy person.
1: Your class was <laughs> was um, sitting class. in with pearls, uh, Audrey Hepburn, <laughs> and. Mine is like this lady running around the spaceship. boss. A boss. A boss. But classy. Like the only thing. So the only thing I found where I was like, "Mm, Sigourney, why'd you do that? Hmm. Was in 2009, she signed a petition in support of Roman Polanski Hmm. calling for his release, which his release, I don't think he's ever been incarcerated, but calling for, I guess, him to be absolved. In the eyes of the law, after he was arrested oh wait, no, hold up. I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> calling for his release after he was arrested in Switzerland Switzerland oh. in relation to his nineteen seventy seven charge for drugging and raping a thirteen year old girl. Oh. And in nineteen ninety four she had starred in his film Death and the Maiden. And I was kind of like Wait, what? Yeah, so, so she-, she still she has like worked with him. And she signed this petition saying, like, let him go, even though it's like everyone knows what he's done. And this is something I stumbled upon on Reddit, like, probably last week, too, where, like, the sheer number of celebrities who signed this, like, people that I'm like, I love, like, Wes Anderson, like, all of my favorite stars, like, have signed this. You can be my best friend in the world, but if you do something like that, you're dead to me. Well, and the only. So the only person that I've like really found who's like apologized for signing it has been Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. Um, And what she kind of said in like... This is so true in so many things. Like, there is so much groupthink. Like, yeah. people are like, sign the petition. Of course I signed the petition. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like, in Hollywood, you want to fit in, so you, everyone, like, signs the petition Today, and stuff. Today, it's but now, people. And now, <laughs> with Me Too, like, the groupthink has switched. And yeah. people would be like, no, I would never, like, mm-hmm. sign a petition like that ever again. And it's because, like, now the groupthink is on the other end. Well, you know?
0: there's one that's right and one that's wrong.
1: Yes. <laughs> and... Just because you're like, oh, I'm going with the float doesn't make that OK. Yeah. You standing up for this rapist. But I don't know. I didn't see anything about her apologizing. I wish she had. But I feel mm-hmm. like at this point, she's like she's either 69 or 70 years old. She's just she's like, I'm done. You I'm know, any so motherfucking weaver. I'm chilling. Um, and she also said that she is. Or it's she's a longtime friend of Jamie Lee Curtis, another <gasps> scream queen. We love her. We um, love. OK, I'm doing it. the thing again. just yes, We love Jamie Lee Curtis. But Jamie Lee Curtis admitted to her that she's never actually watched all of Alien because she was too scared.
0: Oh, well, me too. And then I went I had to go back to it like five years later. Yeah,
1: Go back, Jamie Lee. Mm-hmm. It's good. Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee. What is that yogurt? She eats Activia. Yeah. <laughs> they eat Activia together. together. On the hammock in the yard. On the hammock in the yard. Okay, and so the last dude, here we go, is F. Scott Fitzgerald because he wrote Great Gatsby that had this character Mm -hmm. named Sigourney. And there's so much information about this man, so I'm gonna keep it brief. Um, Okay,
0: can I ask you, like, his books? I liked Gatsby. I haven't read anything else. I like him as an author. I really like him. Yeah, yeah he was like a visionary
1: he did a lot of new things gatsby was good i think i had to read it twice in high school me too yeah i think yeah, we went to the same high school so. yeah we did <laughs> but i i remember reading it the first time and then i remember someone being like you have to read it again <laughs> and just being like ah, why don't you people talk about what this an
0: iconic book though like i can envision the sunroom with like the curtains flowing in the wind and you can see Daisy. the billboard with the eyes yeah
1: dr oh, it's um, like dr <laughs> echo or something oh yeah i think you're right i think it might be echo. the eyes of doctor or something
0: um sorry i wrote cast i'm characters
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a movie oh yeah i watched both versions there's no doctor on this list,
0: so I'm just... Let's just forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll forget it. Whoever's eyes they were. Um, but he was born in 1896 in mm. St. Paul, Minnesota. Isn't that where Kelsey lives? Yes. Kelsey. Hey. Um, <laughs> to an upper-middle-class family, um, Fitzgerald was named after his famous second cousin, three times removed on his father's side, Francis Scott Key. Ooh! Wrote that star-spangled cool. banner. Um, but he was always just known as Scott Fitzgerald that's what everyone called him and he unfortunately he had two sisters who died shortly before his birth so obviously kind of like a sad Mm. family not sad but like 1896 is it normal for
0: people to die then I always think
1: that oh yeah for children to not Mm. make it I mean I don't know seemed kind of late but and yeah. the
0: doctor was Dr. T.J. Eckelberg.
1: T.J. Eckelberg.
0: So you were right.
1: Echelberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once he, so he said like dealing, even though he wasn't alive when the tragedies happened with his sisters, mm-hmm. he said like that general feeling of the tragedy is what made him want to be a writer. Oh. So, yeah, so eventually the family moved from St. Paul to Maryland after the American Civil War. And yeah. um his father was described as a quiet, gentlemanly man with beautiful southern manners. Oh. And <laughs> let's see here. So they move around a little bit. He ends up in Buffalo, New York, and occasionally West Virginia. And he was raised Catholic. He went to a bunch of Catholic schools. And his formative years in Buffalo revealed him to be a boy of unusual intelligence with a keen early interest in literature. And his mom was very doting and made (laughs) sure that he would have all of the advantages of his upper middle class upbringing. And so every inheritance his mother received from family members went to Scott. Do they get royalties from Star Spangled Banner? Oh, I doubt want it. it. I doubt it too. <laughs> um so he yeah, so he went to Catholic school, his father got fired and he had to go back to Minnesota then. Mm-hmm. And pretty much yeah, he goes, he plays football he has like a pretty normal life, and eventually he ends up in Princeton. I think he does. He goes to school in Princeton. I'm sure mom was like, "You gotta go to the best of the best." <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's where he, you know, really starts to write. But unfortunately, the writing is more important to him than his schoolwork, so he is put on academic probation and okay. has to leave Princeton. That is
0: like every successful person. Sorry, but like John yeah. Muir, like he left UW Madison, and he was like. I'm just going to go save Yellowstone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Like, at some point, when you know what you're, you you want to do, you kind of have to just, like, go do it. I mean, isn't it.
0: that the point of being at school?
1: Yeah. Figuring that out. Um, so, then, once he... Um, so, he does get kicked out of Princeton, um, but all this whole time, he's, like, submitting work to... A, scribners is the name like trying to get published and they're all like it's good but no Mm -hmm. and they keep saying that they're like we like it but no we like it but no and so he drops out of princeton and joins the army and he was stationed in 1917 at fort leavenworth and um he worked with the future president of the united states dwight eisenhower and scott hated him hated eisenhower really yes he wrote about it quite a lot and scott was worried that he would die in the war before his literary dreams were fulfilled so he <laughs> like that is a dramatic author yes yeah, so he quickly wrote the romantic egotist and scrivener still rejected it oh my um God. but they said it was original and they're like keep trying scott um so yes. So while he was at Princeton, though, he met this debutante named Ginevra King, and she inspired Daisy. Daisy. I'm mm-hmm. reading her right now mm-hmm. because
0: a little bit she kind of reminds me of his mom too. Oh, like she just wants to have a child who has the perfect life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love Daisy though. She's an icon.
1: Yes. <laughs> and so eventually, Genevra. And Scotty. What a name. Yeah, I love it. Um, but eventually they, their relationship ends. Oh. And Scott wrote her a lot of like love letters and like asked her to please like destroy the ones that he wrote her. Probably as like a, I don't love you anymore, so like destroy the things I wrote. They're meaningless now. Oh. Um, but he always kept every note that she wrote him. And when he died, um, his child sent all the letters back to Ginevra. And Ginevra kept them and never shared them with, en- them with anyone. Well, because she is Daisy. She's still Daisy. Yes. Like, can she you imagine, like, she's. Proud. I would not like to be Zelda, his wife, and be like, you still have these love letters from this old flame. Also, you write characters about this old flame. Like, you know, <laughs> well, she's not in not it be down for down the that. money. Yes, she <laughs> I'm is. Zelda. Zelda? Zelda is. Is she really? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Zelda. <laughs> mm, so, while he was stationed in alabama he was at a country club where he met and fell in love with zelda sayer a daughter of an alabama supreme court justice anthony d sayer and the golden girl what in fitzgerald's terms of montgomery society is she like jordan baker <laughs> the golfer
0: maybe. okay wait i'm just i'm just maybe attributing all these people two people and they great Gatsby and he has yeah. way more books than that.
1: A lot of his books though are like semi autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Like he loves to put his life and his own stuff in it. So, um, the war ended and before Fitzgerald even was deployed. And so then he moves to New <laughs> really York city. He it. really didn't. He wrote that novel saying like, I'm going to die and not be realized. And then it was like, the war is over. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, But so he moves to New York City trying to launch a career in advertising so that he would be able to support a relationship with Zelda because she has needs. (laughs) She has needs. She is in high society, Alabama, and she will not live with someone who can't support the lifestyle she wants. She's made that very clear to him. Wow, but he didn't say bye. He just said okay. He said, I'll try to make it work. Yeah, like I'll try to be able to support you. So he's in New York City living in a single room, trying to work for this advertising agency and proposes to zelda and zelda says yes but after some time scott's still living in the single room same agency, advertising agency like not a lot is happening and she calls the engagement off because she was just not convinced that he would ever be able to support her fully so he doesn't she have a rich dad Yeah, but she wants to live in luxury forever, even Mm. after daddy's money is gone, you know. So Scott moves back to Minnesota. and (laughs) he goes back to Minnesota. With his parents. And he continues to revise that dramatic story he wrote before he Mm -hmm. went to the war. Um, (laughs) The Romantic Egotist, but he renames it to This Side of Paradise. Mm. And it's pretty much just like a semi-autobiographical account of Fitzgerald's undergraduate years at Princeton. And so pretty much he finishes that book. It's a major success. And... Zelda's like this is acceptable your income meets my needs so they get married they have a kid and then there you go why is that me (laughs) why is that you it's so stubborn I'm not a fan (laughs) of Zelda so then there's like the 20s and all of their partying and he does a lot of drinking and he's friends with Ernest Hemingway but like Ernest Hemingway doesn't like it that Scott writes these like little short stories Mm. For magazines, he describes it as whoring out because those (laughs) magazines will pay a lot. That is such a Hemingway thing to say. He says the magazines will pay a lot for like these short stories because they're by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and that's like something that Zelda encourages him to do. Mm -hmm. She she's Mm -hmm. like neglect your novel because it's taking too long and there's no money. You need to write these short stories. Tiffany ring right now.
0: Uh, I'm leaving you again.
1: (laughs) Um. So yeah. So he does that. Um, The Great Gatsby really wasn't considered... It's considered his masterpiece now, but it wasn't really popular until he had died. Um, Zelda did require a lot of medical care. Um, She spent some time in mental hospitals, and Hemingway called her crazy. I really am, Zelda. (laughs) But I think Hemingway didn't like her because of her... Hemingway, Did said, Hemingway,
0: like any women, he only liked himself in whiskey.
1: Probably, but he thought like Zelda encouraged Fitzgerald to like drink more because it would <laughs> oh. like and like and it's like okay, Hemingway, like you're on a talk, like you yeah. know, like what? um, but he just I think he really liked F. Scott Fitzgerald, he and he thought that Zelda was just son, like my son. Yes, was like the, the opposite. With me. What's the opposite of a muse? Like just like. A villain, a, a villain, witch. A witch, yeah. That's what he thought she was. And so. A gold digger. <laughs> yeah. That's our bud, F. Scott Fitzgerald. So how you.
0: did he, like, he just lived with Zelda forever?
1: Well, yeah, and then he died. Oh. Well, that's how it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> he died, like, yeah. I think in the 30s here. Yeah. No, he didn't. Oh, oh no! On the in 1940, that's when he died. I think Nick Carraway is kind of attributed to being
0: that Scott Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, that's like the same
1: person. He's mm-hmm. writing about
0: himself. Hmm.
1: I don't know, but um, he. Where did I get to it? But so he had his Catholic upbringing, and there was. Oh, what was it? There was a man though that was mentioned in his life. Um that had the first name Sigourney, like someone who was like a monk oh, or yeah. a... And then he put it in the book. And yeah, and it became... Wow, so he really wasn't creative. He <laughs> was just like, let me think of people that I liked. Oh, Sigourney. And then Sigourney Weaver's like, I want that to be my stage name. And there you go.
0: That is really cool. And you could definitely trace the influence back. hmm And all three of those people are very interesting. And Samus included.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like, what's in a name? Like, would Sigourney Weaver have ever been like remembered if her name was Susan? Like, not saying the name Susan is forgettable, mm-hmm. but like, Sigourney is so much more unusual. Like, well, why? Like, you have to have a standout
0: name. That's why people change their names.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only way. If people, that's why don't I remember don't want to change my name. You're, you don't need to change your name. <laughs> I know. Everyone knows a Haley Hart. I don't want
0: to change my name, but that would. Require someone who wants to marry me (laughs) and i am zelda let me say it again (laughs) fuck yes um that was really interesting and cool from a character to a. I never knew his origins yeah no it seems like a lot of people back then were just writing in short stories um who else did we talk about a few episodes
1: ago i talked about the same thing salinger yeah yeah but how it's seen, it's like totally seen as like some like cheap like. It's not seen but as also it's as, art as a on way to get own. a start. Yeah, like
0: how else do you get your name out there? Because you're not just gonna go to a publishing firm, and
1: yeah. be like, "Here's
0: a book." I know you don't know who I am.
1: <laughs> well, you can, or and then you get the scriveners, people who are mm-hmm. like, "It's good, but try again," yeah. and they just keep doing that to you forever. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Well thank you so much for listening (laughs) thank you do we have anything to say i don't know i mean thank yeah again thanks for listening um Mm -hmm. be sure (laughs) review yes apple podcast really is like the best spot to do that i think i don't yeah i typically listen on spotify but really we should all we should all try to shake up our platforms (sighs) but also just listen to it where you want to listen to it you know wherever you're listening right now we appreciate all of you who take the time to hear us talk about these people. Yeah, and if, you know, you think it would be more fun if we talked about people you knew and cared about, like... Mm, yes. Freaking request them. Please. Do I was it. just thinking
0: about that because I've been talking a lot about celebrities. You don't have to be a celebrity to have an influence on someone.
1: Right? You don't. To change the world. Mm-hmm. They just need a clear path of influence. <laughs> and we'll fi- we'll find it. That's the thing. is Everyone is influenced by so much you know none of us live in a bubble so Mm -mm. yeah Um, i just
0: thought of someone and i'm writing him down (laughs) do it next week no i can't
1: i already have you've got your other two for next week
0: (sighs) i'm set so just don't don't (laughs) request any to me she's set (laughs) all right so thank you so much for listening i'm Haley, and i'm cc and this has been og influencers bye bye